money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Every week we get together and we talk about a different tip of the week. So these are different ways that you can uh, build your business. And I'll share with you that this is a tip that I heard, uh, gosh, probably for the first time I heard it about 12 years ago when I was investing. And I thought, I don't know if this tip is really real. And I've met several people who have since done this. And this is something I want to share with you guys to let you guys know that you can do this as well and that there are some opportunities here. How many of you guys thought that when a property goes to foreclosure, that if there is any overage, that that just stays with the lender or might just stay with the county if it's a tax foreclosure? So all of you guys are raising your hand. That's fantastic. Thanks you for your audience participation. It really means a lot for me. It really keeps me going here. Well, the truth is when there are surplus funds on, uh, on both a tax foreclosure as well as a uh, bank foreclosure, there are ways to be able to get that back. So I want to just talk about that strategy and how we can use it as maybe a uh, tax surplus arbitrage opportunity for uh, us as real estate investors as well. So uh, again, so if we're in a situation where a property goes to auction and it auctions for a higher amount than what is owed on the property, including principal, interest, taxes, fees, attorneys, cost, etc., then the owner can claim those funds after it goes to auction. And you may say, well, why didn't they stop the auction to begin with? There are many and complicated and a myriad of reasons why that may not have been the case. What, what do you guys guess might be some of the situations that might come up that might um, uh, put a property in a situation that it might go to auction even though um, there's a lot of equity in it? Why do you think that might happen? No, so there's no mortgage, okay? property taxes. That's why it would go to foreclosure for the property taxes. But, but why wouldn't someone who had a lot of equity, why wouldn't they try to stop it? So you kind of started on the path, which is sometimes there are deaths, sometimes there are situations where there are no wills, sometimes there are situations where uh, some of the heirs cannot be found, sometimes, somet sometimes the heirs, and literally I've heard this one, it just cracks me up every time, it's seller logic on heirs. I've literally talking to a seller, a seller, and asking a seller like, "Do you have any other heirs?" I'm like, no, don't, don't have any other heirs. And then who finds all the rest of the heirs? The title company finds them. Okay, and then I have to go back and say, "Well, what about your brother in Oklahoma?" And they say, "Oh, well, nobody ever liked that brother anyway." Oh. So when I asked you if you had a brother, I should have asked, do you have any brothers you like or any brothers that you dislike too? So, and then I've heard, oh, well, that brother's dead. Well, is that where it stops? No, because if that dead brother had heirs of his, or of his own, then guess what? Now I've got to go down there to be able to grab those. And some people, most people, don't realize how properties transfer in Texas and some of the rules and the laws that are surrounding those. So I've started to, now I've, I've kind of figured this out. So, and, and, and I've had some errors, or some people will tell me, well, well, that brother's in jail. It's like, well, no, you can still sign a deed from jail. Then the notary goes there every week, sometimes twice a week, so we can still get this done. But they'll kind of pretend like they don't exist. So what I've started saying now whenever I'm talking to um, an owner and it's an airship situation or probate situation, 
uh, what I will say now is I, I, I've been through so many situations where surprise brothers or sisters or other heirs come up. So I'll say, if you have a brother, but they pass and they had children, you know, we need to know if you have a brother in another country, in another city, in another state, we need to know. If you have a brother that no one likes, we also need to know. So now I've started to say, pretend like the title company is owned by 23andMe. And you're gonna give a saliva sample when you walk in the door. And they're gonna track down all of the heirs that you may have. So now that we know this, like the, the title company's owned by 23andMe and 1-800-Who's-The-Daddy, like, are you sure? Are you just sure that there aren't any other heirs that are gonna come and blow up this deal right at the last minute? Because that happens all of the time. So in those situations, sometimes you know they can't find someone or they don't think to find that person until it's too late and or there's some argument about who gets the funds. So in many cases, it, you might find a situation where, well, I was the one who took care of Meemaw, so by default, and this is again, air logic, right? Uh, not, this is not Texas law, but by default, I should be the one who's getting all the proceeds. Is that how it's going to work? No, if there's two brothers or a brother and a sister and there's no will, they're splitting at 50-50 no matter who took care of mama or daddy or mima or papa or whatever cute name you had for some of your loved ones at the end, right? So in some cases, this is the issue that will uh, produce a foreclosure because somebody cannot agree on how to split the proceeds. So I will tell you guys, you guys will be in situations with sellers, um, whether it's probate, airship issues, or, or whether it's even divorce issues, where people will say, we cannot agree on the price or we cannot agree on how this, these uh, proceeds are split. What are you gonna do in that situation? Let's get it closed before you lose everything because that's the next step. After it's closed, then it's least it's sitting in an escrow account waiting for you guys to fight it all out. But if you don't close, then it won't be sitting in an escrow account and it's gonna go off to some investor who's probably gonna pay less than I do at the auction, which means you're going to get less at that point. So, so have these uh, conversations. These are real conversations that I've had to have as real estate investors, whether if you're just getting started, you may not know about some of these, but this is, this is in your future, I promise. And, these are, and having some of this tribal knowledge is what's gonna be part of your profitable future as well. So on those uh, foreclosure uh, surplus, um, they're calculated subtracting out uh, what the, uh, the actual proceeds from the sale are. If there are any junior liens, so those would get paid off as well. So a lot of people think that uh, those are completely eliminated. In many cases they are because in many cases, all that is captured is what the house is original uh, mortgage amount was. And then if there's any funds left, the owner will get paid. Now, to be able to recover that, uh, you have to act quickly. Uh, so it says you've got a two-year time frame, but sometimes, has anybody had like, has anybody ever walked out of a government office saying, that was a lot quicker than I thought it would be? <laughs> Said no one, ever, right? Anyone? No. So now you're dealing with them, you're fighting with them over who gets this money. You're going to have this problem on steroids. It's going to be extra special for you to be able to do this. So don't think, oh, I've got two years, I've got plenty of time, because it might take many, many, many months to be able to really ultimately sort this out. And there may be other documents that you have to get, specifically 
1-800-Who's-The-Daddy and 23andMe documentation about who might be another relative there. Uh, you'll also need to pro provide proof of prior ownership to the trustee or to the court, and you may have to complete and submit a claim form and or attend a court hearing. So this is where some people kind of fall off the rails because it can be a long and arduous uh, process for some folks. Uh, if you just uh, Google Texas, make sure Texas, because all the laws in all the states are different, but if you just search for uh, Texas foreclosure surplus funds, then you'll be able to find several articles about it. I will say that most of the articles specifically talk about tax sales and not as many talk about bank sales. Uh, so there's different, there's kind of a general process that applies to both of them. But when you're getting it from the bank, you're dealing more with the trustee and the bank versus if you're dealing with the tax sale, you're dealing more the uh, trustee and the county. Uh, I'm not, uh, not to say one is easier than the other, but they are a little bit different. Now you've got to provide, uh, file the claim, provide the documentation, proof of ownership, pay a fee, attend a hearing. Uh, what I would recommend is to hire a professional lawyer. I would not recommend doing any of this yourself. Um, for some reason, sometimes as new investors are getting started, and some of us were talking about this earlier, you know, you, you, you get this you get this strategy, you're like, well, I need to know everything about the strategy before I do it. And it's like, no, you really don't. You just need to have and hire the professionals who have the tribal knowledge who can do it for you. And I always liken it to, when I go to buy a car, I don't ask the car salesman, hey, can you explain to me how a combustible engine works? I just like expect that you guys have handled all that and I can just get in the car and push the button and, and, and go, right? So I think you guys who sometimes get wrapped around the axle, especially my left brainers who want to know everything before we do anything, sometimes just going and hiring a professional, bringing someone in with tribal knowledge is the method to do that. There are several lawyers that focus on getting those uh, surplus funds back and also have a lot of experience kind of dealing with uh, dealing with heirs. So um, I always say the things that we got in this business to do, so for me, I got in this business to buy, fix, and flip houses. Um, what I found is that those are only the things that I get to do after I do everything else that was not in the real estate investing training book, like play psychologists, like play uh, between arguing siblings or arguing spouses or any of those other roles that you may have to play as you are uh, working as a real estate investor. So please hire a professional, please hire a lawyer and expect that this process, even if it's straightforward, even if we're not tracking down multiple heirs, expect that this process may take a long time. Now, some of you guys may say so-and-so is dead or so-and-so is not going to take part in it. Well, if you are a 50% owner or heir, guess what? You can still get your funds and the rest will just stay at the county until the two-year mark, at which point you can think of it as a sheeting to the state. So the state baby, uh, basically gets to keep it for the widows and orphans fund. Uh, now, I will say that there is a potential arbitrage opportunity for you guys as real estate investors, uh, whether that is you are getting their rights to claim that, so you're having them assign their rights to you for any overage, uh, or if you are getting the deed and filing the deed at the county courthouse prior to what? Prior to it going to foreclosure, prior to it going to auction. Because now, who has the right to be able to get those funds? That would be you, 
right? And you may be in a situation where you only get one of the heirs to sign away their interests, and obviously there's going to be a fee involved for this. So you may not get all of them, but you may get some of those proceeds as well. So there's a little bit of an arbitrage opportunity for us as real estate investors with a little bit more tribal knowledge than most people who would think that the, the, any overage would just simply be held by the bank or go held by the county or simply go to the widows and orphans fund. Do you guys understand kind of the power of what this might look like? Uh, because many of these properties do have a lot of equity, but they may have airship issues that cannot be resolved or cannot be resolved in a timely enough manner. So this is one of the cool ways to be able to profit from these uh, types of transactions, uh, even if you are, uh, we're not the owner for the time period during which all of this happened. Guys, we have a lot of different tips of the week. Every week we do a new one, uh, so you guys can check out all of our different tips. I think we've got about 100 of them up there about all the different things that you can do as a real estate investor. Uh, so for us, um, a lot of times people will ask us, well, I want to get more knowledge. What can I read or what can I listen to or what can I do? And, and this is not just um, self-serving me saying, well, watch my YouTube channel and subscribe to my YouTube channel. But I will say watch and subscribe to my YouTube channel if you are investing in Texas. Because sometimes what I find is a lot of new investors are listening to people all over the country. And if you're investing in Utah and you're listening to someone from Utah, I think that's fantastic. But if you're investing in Texas, I highly recommend that you listen to other people in Texas because we do things a little bit different here. And truthfully, it's not just because we're our Texas, it's because that's, every state has a little different set of laws. In fact, in some states, can you get that, uh, uh, that uh, foreclosure excess funds, that surplus? You can't get it in every state, but you can get it in Texas. So that's why it's important to watch who you're learning from. So if you'd like to binge watch some of our prior tips and tricks, uh, love to have you do that and check that out with us. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.